Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Welcome friends, to the A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. Million Little Things stars David Gintoli as Eddie Seville, Romney Malco as Rome Howard, Alison Miller as Maggie Bloom, Christina Moses as Regina Howard, Grace Park as Catherine Kim, James Roday Rodriguez as Gary Mendez, Stephanie Sostak as Delilah Dixon, Tristan Bayon as Theo Seville, Lizzie Green as Sophie Dixon, and Chance Hurstfield as Danny Dixon. Hello there. Welcome back to A Million Little TV Shows Podcast. This is going to be Season 3, Episode 3. Now, now I am recording these back-to-back, so I literally just did Episode 1, and then I'm doing Episode 3, 5, and 7, all in a row, just so I can get through this season, instead of doing a bit here and a bit there. So, in essence, you've literally just heard me if you listen to Episode 1, and you know what's wrong with me. I've got a poorly ankle because I'm an idiot. Other than that, I'm great. And I really hope you guys are doing well out there as well. As I'm recording this, it is the middle of November, and I'm trying to get as many episodes in as possible as I am away over Christmas. I'll be in Japan. So, as I keep saying, those numbers are going up, so that's good. I'd love for more of you to engage with me. It's really nice to see some of the comments that I have been getting. But please, come tell me what you like, what you don't like. If you want me to cover any series that you think are good, that I haven't seen yet, or if you suggest something that maybe I am planning on covering at some point, I'll try and push that forward. I've got planned till about season five, which will take me to about June next year. But it's fluid. I can change things around. I can look at doing different things. I can bring other series on board. I'm happy to do that. So if you want to hear me talk about anything, just let me know and I will try and fit it in. But as for today, we're going to be covering A Million Little Things, Season 3, Episodes 5 to 9, which, as you know, if I'm covering five episodes, guys, it's going to be a long one. So hopefully you bear with me and we can get through it and hopefully you enjoy. But let's get into it. Episode 5, Non-Essential. So, of course, now that Maggie's in the UK, she's been trying to get a cancer screening sorted because it's coming up on her six months but she's not been able to find anywhere due to the fact that it's seen as a non-essential during COVID. And at this point, it is literally the height of the pandemic. So she's finding it really impossible to get in anywhere. She decides to call home and manages to call her doctor in the States, who she knows will see her instantly. But also that means that she has to leave the country. She decides that she's going to have to fly home and she'll fly back in a couple of days. It's not going to take long and the borders are still open at this point. But Jamie is shocked by the whole thing and it seems like there's a little bit more to their relationship than they first thought. 
After Gary spoke to Maggie regarding Darcy and her nightmares, Darcy has been actually seeing someone that Maggie has suggested, but without knowing that it was Maggie who suggested it. But she seems to be working on her PTSD now, which will obviously help her further down the line, and especially sleeping at night. But despite everything that's been going on, Maggie manages to get home. But at the time, she'd arranged it with Dee that she was going to meet her at the airport because Dee was coming home too. But due to an accident, she's not been able to manage it. So it means that she's staying in France. Maggie had arranged to stay with Dee while she was back in the country. But now it turns out that she's going to have to stay with Gary because she's got nowhere else to stay. But also, she's going to be staying with Darcy as well. So during a chat with Darcy, the inevitable happens. She lets out the fact that she knows everything about what's been going on with Darcy and also that she has started seeing this doctor that she recommended, which Darcy had no clue about. So that is obviously going to cause problems between Darcy and Gary. But at the end of the day, when you've got someone in your life like Maggie, who you can use as a resource, surely you use them and you find someone who can help. Like, I'm not saying that Darcy should have been seen by Maggie at all, but if you've got someone who can give you someone's number or advice or whatever, it's a no-brainer, surely. But I get it from Darcy's point of view that if your partner is talking to an ex about you, that doesn't feel right either. And people ask why I'm not in a relationship. It's a fucking minefield. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not a therapist, I really am. So Maggie obviously goes to see a doctor and goes to get tests. But one of the first tests they do is to make sure that the person isn't pregnant because they have to make sure that everything is in order first. So it turns out that Maggie is pregnant and she knows that the only possible father is now halfway across the world, even though she thought they were safe. Turns out sometimes even condoms aren't effective, kids. Sorry to tell you, but because of this... They obviously can't do any proper testing on Maggie until she decides what she's doing with the baby. And she wants to go back to London and talk to Jamie about it, but she can't now. Because just as all this happens, Maggie finds out that flights across Europe have been cancelled and she can't go back to England. So with the fact that Rome is now getting his movie made, things are really starting to heat up for him. And he's gathering all the actors around him to do the first table read for his movie. Gina, however, has received a letter and calls Catherine immediately due to the fact that it's an eviction notice. It turns out that because Catherine is renting space above Dee's restaurant and it should have been declared prior to the move-in, nothing has been done about it. So Catherine now has a legal issue to sort out because it wasn't declared before she moved in that she would be renting that space and the people who own the building now want her out. While Rome is prepping for his table read meeting, it turns out that there has been a two-week lockdown placed on the state and in fact probably the whole country. So Rome now has to rethink what's going on and the table read has been cancelled. But while they're still trying to get everything together, Shanice tries to get around it all and tries to make sure that the table read happens. But as we all know from our own personal experiences of COVID, it just doesn't work like that. Once that order came down, it was down tools and you walk away. So Rome's table read is going to have to wait the two weeks whether he likes it or not. But due to the uncertainty of it all, Rome's finance team start pulling out as well. And Rome's told that the movie won't happen anymore. It's getting shut down. So obviously this is 
devastating for Rome because he lost his friend, which inspired him to write the movie about the time that he almost took his own life. And now it's been picked up. It's looked like it was going to take off and it's now been cancelled. So it's just such a fucking shitty situation. But at the end of the episode, Gina, being the wife that she is, just amazing. She arranges all the guys to come round to Dee's, and they do the table read there, with both Maggie there and Darcy playing Dee. And it's the last time we see them all together for a while, because restrictions are about to kick in properly. But just before they sit down to have this table read, Gina, Gina speaks with Catherine and tells her the bad news that the restaurant is going to be going to 50% capacity from tomorrow due to everything that's going down with COVID. So not only could she be losing the restaurant, she's also going to have to lose 50% of her customers at least in the next couple of weeks. During Eddie's sessions with Darcy, because she's seen how much pain he was in previously, before he started taking the pills prescribed by his doctor. She told him maybe he could get cortisone shots, which would help him with the pain. And because he can already start to feel himself spiralling, he decides that that's going to be the ideal situation. It'll help with his pain, and it'll also be controlled, whereas pills, he can have access to them at any point. But just as he's got rid of all the painkillers that he's got from the hospital, he rings up to try and book in and get these cortisone shots sorted. But it turns out that because it's a non-essential, he's not going to be able to get these at all. So now he's just flushed his only source of pain meds down the toilet and can't get a replacement. Because these are obviously prescription drugs now and they're high dosage. And the doctor knows that people would get addicted to these kind of things. So they're not allowing people to take them anymore. So he can't get his normal pills and he can't get the cortisone shots. So it sucks, but he's going to have to be in pain. So like I say, Catherine is now investigating the fact that something has happened with the restaurant and that because of her subletting, it's caused an issue for both her and Gina. So she has to call the lawyer involved, Alan Kay, who she's dealt with before on several occasions, so knows that she can talk him round. But she has to really talk her way out of this one because it turns out that Carter didn't mail the letter that stated that she would be moving in. It turns out that Gina hasn't done anything wrong, but Catherine's office has. So due to the fuck-up, Catherine tries to appeal to Alan's better side. She talks about the restaurant and she talks about John. And when Alan hears the name John, he remembers that he was probably the last person that John spoke to because he was on the other end of the phone when John was making the deal for the restaurant and he tells Catherine look we've found the letter even though it was in Carter's hands and if you can fax over a copy of it just to verify the one that we've got I'll tell them it was my mistake we have had a letter and everything's fine the school somehow that Theo goes to is still managing to put on a play even with the fact that all these restrictions are being brought in but because Eddie is suffering so badly he's thinking that he can't go but it turns out that Rome has been able to get the costume designer to design something special for Theo for his play that night. Rome tells Eddie that it's over at his place and that he and Gary should go over and pick up the item before going to the play. So they do, but when Eddie's in the bathroom, he's really suffering with the pain and he looks under the counter and finds some pills for Gina, some Vicodin. And since he has no idea why Gina's got these pills, he just swipes them, takes some, and then goes to the play. But now, not only is he taking drugs, he's also stealing from his friends. Episode 6, Miles Apart. 
So due to the fact that it's probably not going to be for the best situation, if Maggie keeps staying with Darcy and Gary, Gary decides that since she's going to be only in town for a short while, that maybe she should just stay at his instead. Obviously, like everyone at this point, they were all just thinking that COVID was just going to blow over and was going to be just something and nothing. How wrong we were. But during the table read, Gary picked up on something with Maggie and he realises that she's actually pregnant. So he asks and she confirms that she is. But due to the fact that she's not a year out of chemo, she's decided that she's going to have an abortion. Also, another thing you can't do in America anymore. Anyway, um, but because of her chemo, it wouldn't be fair to the baby and there would be obvious health risks to it. So it's the smart decision not to have the child. Plus, at this point in her life, Maggie's decided what she wants. And her child hasn't really fit into that yet. Gary tells her that he will go with her when she goes to the clinic, much like he did with Dee in the first season, when she was thinking about getting rid of Charlie. Now, with everything that's been going on, so due to the fact that Darcy has seen Gary flourishing in this sort of fatherly role, as he has done with the likes of Theo and Danny at several points, and now Sophie. She decides it's a good time for him to actually meet Liam. So she decides that what would be best is for them to go on a trip together, and so he can get to see Darcy with another man instead of his father, and get used to the fact that she has someone new in her life. But Gary obviously is worried, because he's already promised Maggie that he will take her to the abortion clinic. But when she actually tells him the time, he's quite relieved because Maggie's appointment's early, he can get there, and then they can get ready and set off for this trip. Maggie, however, has had to call Jamie and let him know what happened and the fact that she's going to be having an abortion. And he understands totally, and he knows it's probably the right decision. And he just wishes that he could be with her at the time because it's a scary thing to be going through on her own. When Maggie and Gary get to the clinic the next day, Maggie tells him how pissed off she is at the fact that she thought she'd got rid of cancer, she thought she'd beaten cancer, and yet it is still ruling her life. She can't have this child because of cancer. She can't have this child because of the effects of the cancer treatment had on her body. And she couldn't stay in England because she couldn't get a cancer screening quick enough, so had to come home. And now she's stuck in the US when she should be doing this fellowship in England. During the procedure, they tell Maggie everything that is needed. She just needs to take the tablet and that will do its work and in a few hours, she will have to take another tablet while she's at home. And then that will eventually terminate the pregnancy. But Gary didn't understand the fact that it was going to be a now and later situation. He thought it was just going to be, he'd go in there, do whatever they needed to do, and they could leave. So now Gary knows that she's going to be alone during the most scary part of all of this, while he goes off with Darcy. And when he goes to speak to Darcy about it, she blows up at him because she doesn't understand why he's staying with his girlfriend, who he's now moved into his old apartment, who he's now moved into his apartment because she was staying with them. She's pissed off because she doesn't understand what the hell's going on. And he tells her that she's 
having the abortion and he needs to be here because it's not fair for her to be alone but she doesn't want to tell anyone else Gary only knew because he stumbled upon it and with everything that's gone on with Gina and Rome recently they're not going to be the ones that are going to be best to be around at that point so Gary says he's going to have to stay and Darcy agrees that he should stay because it's unfair for her to be alone at this point but when Gary gets to his own flat he finds that Jamie has arrived already he took the next flight out of the UK just to get to America before they finally did full lockdowns on all airports and so for the next few weeks until flight bans are lifted he's going to be staying with her and she's not going to be alone that night some of Gina's staff are refusing to come work at the restaurant due to the fact of everything that's going on with Covid even at 50% they feel it's still a massive risk so due to the fact that Rome isn't working now, he decides to go with her and goes out and helps her to take his mind off the movie. But at this time, because no one really wants to go out anymore, it doesn't matter about the 50%, no one's in the restaurant. And so the restaurant is having to do takeaways. So it seems that the way that they're doing this is they're getting drivers coming in, just like an Uber Eats type of deal, coming in, getting the orders and taking them to whichever apartment, flat, house, wherever it is. So there's always someone watching the bags, looking out for things, making sure people don't steal the bags, etc. But because Rome has been annoying Gina in the kitchen, she's decided to put him out front so that he can watch the bags and take the orders and deal with the drivers that are taking the orders. And at this point, a young lad comes in called Tyrell, who is trying to sell candy to help his basketball team out. And when he gets there, he offers Rome the candy bars and distracts Rome away from what he's meant to be doing and then manages to steal some of the bags that have already been prepared. Eventually, Gina comes out of the kitchen and realises that all the bags are gone. Gina questions Rome about it, but he has no answers. He doesn't know what's happened to the meals. He thought the drivers had taken them, but they hadn't. So just as they're about to start ringing around and telling people that their orders are on their way and that they apologise for what's gone on, they don't know where these orders have gone. Tyrell tells them that he picked up the orders and he's delivered them and they all got their fine and nobody's got any problems with any of the deliveries that have been done. He tells them that he's just looking for a job. So is there any chance of that at the restaurant? But Gina says that at the minute with everything that's going on, I can't even pay my own staff. So I can't be bringing on someone from the outside at this time. It's unfortunate, but I just can't. So due to the fact that COVID is just really devastating everyone, Rome and Gina feel like this could be the end for them when it comes to the restaurant. It's too much work and it's too hard. But in the worst circumstances, this has given Rome some inspiration and he begins to write again. Eddie's addiction is now in full swing and he's really not dealing with it well. And he remembers the fact that the last person that was around him that really had any drugs was Dakota. So he decides that giving her a call might be a good idea, see if she's got any projects he can help on. But when Dakota eventually turns up, she tells him that he was her inspiration. She's now quit doing drugs. She was around it all the time. It was hard, but she's been sober for three months now. And she's proud of herself for what she's doing. And Eddie is obviously gutted by this until Dakota declares that she is actually going to be doing a session with people who are still using, even though that they know she's sober and she's trying to do better. And Eddie sees an opportunity and tells her that he'll come along. And she thinks that he's going for moral support for her, but actually he's just going for the drugs. So while they're at the recording session, Dakota starts to notice that something isn't right with Eddie. He's just not all there. He's 
drifting in and out. He's a little bit odd. And even the character at this point is starting to look a little bit shaky. Like he isn't holding up well. And it's then when she finds out that actually he's trying to use her for his own gains. Dakota finds Eddie hypocritical due to the fact that due to the fact that he called her only because of the fact that she had a drug filled past. Nothing to do with her talent, nothing to do with her. And she feels upset by it because if it wasn't for him, she wouldn't have been kicked out of his house in the first place. And now he's gone back to his old ways while she's trying to be sober. But because Eddie is so good with music and has been offering some really good notes, Dakota knows that she needs Eddie at this point to get her second album out. The first one went really well, but this second one is the really important one. So it proves that she's not a fly-by-night. So she turns up at Eddie's door again and asks him for his help. And this time, she's brought a little something with her. Episode 7, Timing. After everything that's been going on with Eddie, and the fact that he took the drugs prescribed to him by the doctors, and then stole some from Gina, the inevitable has now happened. The pills that he replaced for aspirin, Catherine now needs, because she's got a headache. So she's looking frantically for the pills, but apparently they've got none. Eddie does a little bit of deception and sends her out of the room, and manages to take two of the tablets out of his own stash, so they can hand them to Catherine, but he tells her that that's the last two. Catherine, however, seems to be getting really friendly, with Alan Kay, the lawyer who helped her out with the restaurant, and her subletting office, especially since they're Asian and will have had similar experiences throughout their lives. Dakota comes over to record with Eddie. She's brought some pills with her due to the fact that she knows how addicted he is now. She wants his help so badly that she feels that it is necessary for her to advance in her career with Eddie's help and it's sort of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours situation. But at the time he is just being an absolute dick to her and just constantly self-medicating. And since Dakota is over and Catherine knows of her drug fuel past. Eddie has promised to keep her out of the house, but he's meant to be looking after Theo. So when Theo comes through and asks if his dad can help him with a math question, maths question, just so you know, Eddie ends up struggling with a very simple question due to the fact that he just cannot focus. And due to the fact that he's gone back inside the house, Dakota has followed him in because she isn't sure where he is anymore. And when she gets there, she finds him struggling and just steps in to try and help out, just so it's covering Theo's dad's tracks and making sure that Theo isn't suspicious of anything that's gone on. But his dependencies are getting way too much for him now. And later, when he's talking to Catherine, he has to confess something, but it's only to confess that Dakota was in the house. Nothing to do with the fact that he's now addicted to the pills that he has been taking. The next day, when Eddie sees Dakota, she expresses how concerned she is about him. This isn't the person that she originally met, and she can't believe how far he's fallen in such a short time. But he tells her not to worry. He's going to get help, and he is going to stop, because he just can't keep doing this. He can't keep lying to Catherine. He can't keep lying to Theo. It's not fair. And it's certainly not fair when he's dragging Dakota down at the same time. Later on that day, when Theo is searching for something in the medicine cabinet, he accidentally knocks the pills on the floor, and as soon as Catherine starts picking them up, she realises that these aren't the pills that were prescribed for Eddie, and actually, they're the aspirin that went missing. She confronts Eddie straight away, and she's yelling and screaming and telling him that she trusted him and he shouldn't have done this. What the hell does he think he's doing? But he's recording with Dakota at the same time, and Dakota tells her that it was actually her that took the pills, and Catherine kicks her out for a second time. 
but Eddie just sits by and watches and lets her do it, so he's going even deeper than he did before. It's after this incident that Eddie starts going back to sobriety meetings to try and get back to what he was. With the pandemic now prevalent everywhere, Gary is really starting to go a little bit Howard Hughes in the fact that he is just a germaphobe. He is washing his hands at all times. He is making sure that every little thing is done properly. And we all live through it. We all get it. It was a crazy fucking time. So that's what you needed to do. No judgment. But when Sophie and Darcy are talking, Sophie lets slip that the only person that has actually visited the house in the past several weeks was some guy called Jamie, who was looking for Maggie. And it was the same night that Maggie went through her abortion. So now Darcy knows that Gary wasn't with Maggie that night. And it seems that Darcy's son, Liam, is coming to stay the night with them. So Gary is making sure that the house is spotless, just to ensure that nobody is going to get sick on his watch. Maggie, on the other hand, has to take a pregnancy test just to make sure that everything has gone as it should do once she's taken that second pill. But when she gets the outcome that she isn't pregnant, she doesn't seem relieved by it. She seemed a little bit upset by the whole thing, which makes absolute sense. She wanted to start living a normal life and she potentially had that in the bag with the child, but she can't have it due to the fact that she doesn't know what the chemo has done to her. And until she's cleared by a doctor, having a child is reckless. Unfortunately reckless. Darcy gets pissed off with the fact that Gary is playing games over Maggie because she trusts Gary to meet her son now. She trusted him to go on that trip with her and Liam, just so he could meet Liam. But Gary didn't go due to the fact that he was meant to be with Maggie and it turns out that he wasn't even with her. But he tells the story of how when his dad and his mum split, he'd spend weekends with his dad. They'd be great and they'd be so much fun and they'd go to a hot dog stand and they'd always do stuff together. And it was just so nice until his dad started dating. But as great as the women that his dad was bringing home were, it was never him and his dad talking anymore. It was always him, his dad and the new woman talking or just the woman and his dad talking and he didn't want that for Liam especially during the pandemic when he's not seeing his mum enough anyway he just felt like it wasn't fair on Liam to have to go through that he didn't want Liam to feel like a third wheel now that Jamie is essentially trapped in America and living with Maggie he's been snooping around Gary's apartment he finds a ring which is obviously an engagement ring and thinks that Maggie was right because because Darcy and Gary are moving too fast but when Maggie confirms that actually that isn't for Darcy that ring was for me Jamie starts to question whether Gary is over her at all because he kept the ring which Jamie thinks is a really odd move but Maggie reassures him that nothing's going to happen between her and Gary because they had their chance and he allowed her to leave He allowed her to go to London. Back at Dee's though, Gary has just gone all out for Liam, really trying to help him out and really make him feel at home. He's set up a gaming station where they can just sit and play ice hockey all night. He's trying to get him into D&D so that they can sit, have a game together. But throughout, Liam is just a little bit cold towards Gary. He's not sure how to take him. And every time that Gary goes near him or Gary touches him, instantly runs off to the bathroom. Gary realises that 
actually Liam is a bit of a germaphobe as well. He's worried about the pandemic and he's constantly washing his hands. So then Gary realises the approach that he can make and he tells him it's okay to be scared at this particular time and that he's not going to judge him for it. So if he needs to wash his hands, go wash his hands. If he needs to feel like he's not safe, he needs not to worry. He is. So it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Darcy sees how great he's been with him and she decides to open up because Gary has been such an open book up until now. And she tells him what happened when she was out on assignment, when she was part of the military. And it seems that she was actually going through a village, and it was during wartime. And as she was entering a house to clear it, she went through, and a child ran behind her. And she didn't think it was a child. And she turned and shot instantly, killing the poor boy. And it haunts her. Maggie takes a look at the most recent podcast numbers and all of a sudden they are flying up, which, if you know, help me out here, people, because I could do with some of that. But it's all over the internet. Everyone's talking about it and she's not sure what's gone on. And then she sees comments about it's usually a great podcast, but when she introduced the English guy, it felt more like a friendly conversation. Maggie realises that she recorded the whole conversation between her and Jamie and then she uploaded it just without even thinking. So it's gone absolutely viral. Now, I don't know how many other podcasts you listen to or what other podcasts you listen to, but mine, mine is heavily edited. I have to sit and sift through all my mistakes, all my everything. So if Maggie's got it in one take and then had a conversation, that's impressive. That is really impressive. But I guess she's a professional and I'm just a fucknugget, so... Gina and Rome have been assessing the restaurant with everything that's going on around COVID and the fact that the restaurant is not doing great. Gina and Rome are starting to have to look at the finances and assess what is going on. She knows that at some point they're going to have to start letting people go, but they've asked them to have a chat with each other and see if there's anything that they want to do different, whether they want to leave due to the fact that the pandemic's ongoing, but none of them do. They all want to stay employed, which you would. You're in the middle of a pandemic. You can't go work anywhere else. So offering them the choice doesn't seem the logical option, but hey-ho. But it means that at some point they're going to have to have a chat with these people and maybe let them go. Tyrell keeps popping into the restaurant to speak with Rome and Gina, but mostly because Rome has been supplying him with sandwiches on the side, because Tyrell has been taking them to hungry families, and they've been help feeding them for free, which at first he thinks that Gina isn't going to be on board with, but Gina's not that type of person. She is such a caring, loving person that she'd want to help these people out. She'd want to know that this was going on. So as soon as they confess what's been going on, she's ecstatic, which gives Rome an idea because when a customer comes in and asks about this sandwich for charity deal, Gina says, well, yeah, you can pay for an extra sandwich for a homeless person. And this guy just goes, yeah, fine. And he pays extra for an extra sandwich for someone in need. And Gina realises that maybe this could be a good thing. But Rome gets the idea to speak to Shanice and tells her all about the fact that Gina is doing this. So Shanice, obviously being the actress that she is, with the platform that she's got, decides to go on her socials and tell the world that this is what's happening and that a lot of people are now getting sandwiches for homeless people. And if you want to do it, go down to this restaurant in Boston. So the numbers just start flying in. And it seems like just as Gina is about to fire her second-in-command, he's been spared 
because it's going to be all hands on deck for the next couple of weeks at least. When Gina ends up speaking to Tyrell about his mother, he ends up being very evasive and avoiding all questions and trying to get round it because Gina wants to meet his mother, tell her how good a job her son is doing. But he avoids everything to do with his mum, even though Gina knows that he's doing everything for his mum. So she starts to worry. Episode 8, Price of Admission. So we now find out why Gina has got the pills that Eddie took. She's previously had wrist surgery and we find out that we find out she's got these pills just to help her out on those bad days. But the thing is, today is one of those bad days. So when she goes looking for them, she finds that they're not where she thought they were. And it's at this point that she starts to worry because the last time that she saw a pill in her apartment that didn't make sense, she never questioned it. And it was because she didn't know that Rome had these suicidal tendencies. So now she's worried for Rome. But he tells her that he's doing fine and that she doesn't have to worry. She's probably just misplaced them. So when once again Gina asks about Tyrell's mum, he previously told her that she broke her ankle and that she couldn't go out anywhere. But now she tells him that but now she's telling Gina that she's out all the time and that she isn't able to meet with Gina at all. So he just keeps getting caught in a lie every time Gina presses him about it. When all Gina is trying to do is let his mum know how good her son is and how great he's been over the last few weeks trying to help out with the restaurant and also give her some thanks. Especially if she has been injured because Gina can help her out with preparing food or whatever it is that she needs. Again, Gina is just trying to be a giving person. Tyrell just wants to lie to her about whatever's going on. With the fact that Rome has been questioned about whether he's in an okay place, he feels like Gina isn't trusting him anymore. And he speaks to Gary about it because he's worried that she asked him such a thing. Yeah, his movie's been cancelled and there's a pandemic on and they may lose the restaurant, but he feels like he's a different person from what he was 18 months ago or whatever it was. When John died, he feels like he needs to be there and he is necessary and that he is loved and cared for and understood now. So he wouldn't want to put her or anyone through what everyone went through with John. But Gary tells him that it's her way of showing that she loves him because she's just showing that she's there. She's showing support. She didn't recognise before when he was having bad days, so... She needs to talk to him if she thinks he is. And Rome begins to understand a little bit that that's what's going on. Sometimes when the spotlight's shone on you, it feels like you're being attacked. When actually, all people are doing is just being there for you. And I get it. I get that a lot. I get people asking about me and I snap and I bitch and I moan. But I know at the end of the day that they love me and they are just looking out for me. And it makes my heart happy. So with her concern about what's been going on with Tyrell, Gina goes to his apartment. But when he gets there, he finds what look to be cops and Tyrell's not even there. So she asks what's going on and they say, have you seen this guy? And Gina says, oh, I'm just delivering food and backs out. So she feels like Tyrell is now in trouble for whatever reason. But when eventually Gina catches up with Tyrell, not knowing that she'd, not knowing that she'd been to his apartment, Turns out that Tyrell is actually being looked for by child services. So Gina being Gina, she offers him a place to stay because he's obviously not safe at the minute. And he explains that his mum has been in the country for several years now, but is still seen as an illegal immigrant. And therefore, 
she's been taken by ICE, which is the, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement in the US. She's in pretty big trouble. And Tyrell is only 17, so would have to go into foster care. But when Rome comes home, Gina tells him what's happened. Rome's unsure about all of this because they could get into trouble for this. They're essentially harbouring a criminal. Now, the kid's done nothing wrong, but they can't be seen to be looking after someone in that way and knowing that the police are after him. So Tyrell tells them that if he's going to be a burden to them, he'll leave. But Rome and Gina know that what would be best for him right now is to have somewhere safe to stay and tell him that he can stay. So with the fact that the podcast episode has gone viral, hint, hint, please help me go viral, that'll be great. I'm such a dick. Gary receives a message from Maggie, and she tells him about everything that has been said on the episode. And so he's frustrated by this, because he's told his girlfriend, Darcy, that nothing's going on between them, and, uh, and that there's no feelings there anymore. And when Gary ends up speaking to Danny, Danny also says that he's heard the episode he loves Maggie's podcast, and this one was a particularly good episode because it involved someone that he knew, as well as Maggie. So he teases Gary about it, but Gary's just not happy. So he goes over to his own apartment and, and gets there just as Maggie and Jamie have seemingly finished to have sex. So they're in the afterglow, and they're just having a good time of it. When Gary turns up, and everything obviously goes awkward straight away, Gary's pissed because he now has to explain to Darcy about everything once again, and tell her about the ring, and make sure that she understands it, and that there is nothing going on between him and Maggie. But during this, he gets a phone call from Rome, and leaves. And while he's speaking to Rome, and Rome asks him whether anything happened when he was over at the house, collecting the costume for Theo, with Eddie, and Gary tells him, no, no, he was fine, he was a little bit off, but he went into the bathroom, and then Gary realises what's happened, he realises that at that moment, Eddie took the pills, because he kicked him out of the bathroom, and was acting weird, but then the rest of the night, he was calm and fine, and so Gary and Rome go to confront Eddie about what's going on, after Gary's left, Darcy also turns up at the apartment, and it's at this point that Maggie thinks she's in for a fight, because this episode is now all over the internet but she actually thanks her she tells her that the recommendation that she made was a good one and she's really been helped by her therapist and it's made such a difference to her life so she just wanted to come and thank her in person and tell her that even though they haven't been able to really get to know each other it means a lot that Gary could come to her and she's helped her out but at that point Jamie comes out and puts his foot straight in it because he thinks that Darcy's there because of what happened on the episode and he tells her that he's sorry for what was said on the episode about Gary and the ring and the fact that he still loves Maggie it was just meant to be a conversation between them and nothing else and Darcy doesn't have a clue what is happening while she's there Maggie also gives her a recommendation as to a retreat where she can go and a lot of veterans go there especially female veterans, and they can get the help that they need to understand what happened to them and essentially help them work through it. Which, first of all, I think is fucking magnificent. Anything like that for veterans is incredible. So if you are a veteran and you need help, go find these places because they are out there and I hope you get the help you need. 
After Gary and Rome have gone to confront Eddie, Gary comes back home and he speaks to Darcy and tells her everything that happened with him and Maggie and the podcast and she tells him that she understands. She understands that Maggie's in his life and that she accepts it, but they need to start to work on them because it's not fair to have that looming shadow of Maggie all the time. They need to focus on just them from now on and he agrees to it but she gives him one caveat that she's gonna have to go away because she needs to do this retreat because she's suffering so badly with all these nightmares and what happened to her and he agrees and says he thinks it's a great idea during some of his online classes due to the fact that covid has impacted lives so much at this point catherine finds out that Theo is actually getting bullied at school due to the fact that he is of an Asian heritage and he's been told by some of his classmates that he needs to keep his mask on so that people don't get sick, which isn't how the internet works. But of course, these are young children, so they're just spouting things that their parents would say, which if you're telling your child that they can get sick through a computer screen, you're a fucking moron. So the reason that Rome called Gary was the fact that Rome had already called Eddie, and when he spoke to Eddie, Eddie blew up at him because he felt like Rome was accusing him of taking the pills when he actually did. But he gets all defensive, and Rome is just asking questions. He isn't saying that he's done anything wrong, he's just asking a question. But because of the reaction that he gets, Rome knows instantly that something's off. Hence why he rings Gary. And he also tells Gina as much that he is going to speak to Gary and find out what's going on. So after the last episode, when we see that Eddie is trying to get help and that he's told Dakota that he's not going to be taking pills anymore, we find out that he hasn't stopped at all. He's still doing it. He's managed to get a stash and is still using. But now Rome and Gary know that something's up and they're on their way as well to talk to him about what's going on. Catherine, who has told Eddie about what has gone on with Theo, feels like he just doesn't understand. Eddie's white American, and she doesn't think that he feels the same way about the fact that Theo is getting bullied for being Asian. So she ends up speaking to Alan because she feels at least he will be able to understand what's going on. Especially at that time in America, when everything was kicking off, due to the fact that COVID started in China. So everyone who was Asian was getting assaulted, basically, whether verbally or physically. It's not fair for American Asian citizens to be hounded in that way. Or even British Asian. I know that there were some people over here that were getting shit for it. Anywhere that you turn on people for being from the country that they're from or for the colour of their skin is just disgusting. You should need to have a fucking word with yourself. But Alan suggests that it's best to speak to Theo and just explain things that are going on right now, that there is a lot of upheaval and just to let him know that he is safe and that he is loved. And that's what Alan suggests. However, Theo has gone out and he's playing in the street. And when he loses the ball that he's playing with, he runs over to a neighbour's yard and takes the ball back. But this white, hick, American arsehole, sorry for any Americans that do listen, I know there's quite a few, and I apologise, but I just think that 
treating someone for the colour of their skin or their ethnicity is horrendous. Your country should be built on judging people by their character and what they do, and especially a child. However, the neighbour loses it on Theo and tells him that he doesn't want any of his Asian virus over here and tells him to go back home. So Eddie just flips out. He hears everything that's gone on and he takes a hockey stick and he just starts battering this guy's car lights. But Theo sees what's going on and runs inside because he's terrified of what his dad's doing. And it's just the fact that the drugs are doing things to Eddie at this point. Eddie goes back inside and eventually Roman Gary turn up. And Eddie is on the stairs. He's trying to crawl upstairs to try and get to Theo because Theo knows that he can be upstairs and be away from his dad. He's terrified. But Eddie just looks broken by the whole experience. The fact that his son's being bullied the fact that he's in a wheelchair, the fact that he's on drugs, the fact that Catherine might be connecting with another man. He doesn't know what to do. He just feels like he's losing everything. And so he confesses, and so he confesses to Gary and Rome that he's using again. And Rome goes upstairs and he goes and speaks to Theo because he doesn't want to deal with Eddie right now. He leaves Gary and Gary just gets him by the scruff of the neck and tells him, fucking sort yourself out. You've got a family and you need to start looking after them. You were over this and now you're back in the trenches. Get a grip. You've been dealt a rough hand, but your life isn't over. So you need to sort yourself out. While this is all happening, Rome is speaking to Theo and he tells him about a time that his dad tried to protect him because when Rome was back in school, he got into a fight with a white kid who was abusing him. And due to the fact that Rome's black, he ended up being racially profiled. And when a police officer turned up, Rome ended up in handcuffs and the other kid got off scot-free. And when Rome's dad turned up, he actually got into an argument with the police officer, telling him that this wasn't the way to deal with things like this, that both parties were at fault and this isn't fair. You are profiling the black kid until the point when Rome's dad ends up getting arrested instead. And when Rome spoke to his dad about it, his dad told him that it wasn't fair for the rest of Rome's life to have a criminal record just due to the fact that he had an altercation at school with someone it would affect the rest of his life and it's not the right thing to be doing. So his dad happily essentially took a bullet for his own son to make sure that he could be protected and that he could do what he wanted and be the, be the success that he is. At the end of the episode, Eddie confesses to Catherine that he is doing what he's doing he's, and that he's using drugs to mask pain and that he's now become addicted and he feels that he can't stop. He tells her it wasn't Dakota's fault, that the aspirin was in the pill bowl, and that he's really fallen far, and that he can't stop. And finally, episode 9, The Lost Sheep. So we might as well pick up from where we left off, with Eddie and Catherine. So due to his revelation, Eddie has booked himself into a clinic to go and try and get some treatment, and Gary has agreed to take him, because Catherine is just done with it right now. She is done with his shit, she just can't handle it anymore. She is trying to be the best mother she can be for her son. And he's just not there. But he asked Catherine to lie to Theo about it by saying, well, when you went to your mum's, we told Theo that you'd gone to save the Grand Canyon. And she tells him this isn't the same situation. And the reason I left then was because you were sleeping with our best friend's wife. So don't put this on me. Don't make me out to be the bad guy and make me lie to our son. 
So Eddie has to have a proper sit down with Theo and tell him what's going on and that he's not going to be around for a while and tell Theo about what's happened and why he started taking drugs. And at first he isn't sure how Theo's going to react because obviously previously Theo wasn't happy when his dad told him that he was an alcoholic. So now he's just unsure about what's going to happen. But Theo gets up and he hugs his dad and he tells him that it's going to be okay. But then he turns to Catherine and tells her that this is all her fault. If she hadn't gone back to work so early, his dad wouldn't be going through this right now. She abandoned them when they needed her the most. Catherine's just taken aback by all this. It's not fair that she's ended up getting the blame, even though Eddie's the one that's in the wrong. So when Gary comes over, Catherine confesses that she's done with the shit. She can't do this anymore. She's getting blamed by her own son for what's happened, and it's all Eddie's fault. Eddie's the one who had the affair. Eddie's the one who has these vices. She's always tried to be a good mum and a good wife, and is just getting nowhere fast with it. And now she's getting blamed, even though she's not the one lying to their son. And she tells Gary that she thinks she's done with it all. And Gary tells her that he totally understands. It makes sense that she would be. After everything that he's put her through, he's not surprised. But Eddie overhears the whole conversation. So on the way to the clinic, Eddie just tears into Gary and tells him that he's not John. And he shouldn't be saying things like that to his wife. Shouldn't be advising her that maybe the best thing to do would be to leave. It's not fair. And that he should stop trying to be like John because he'll never be that good. So Catherine ends up sat in her office and she's drinking and Alan comes over and he starts talking to her about everything that's gone on and she tells him she's sick to death of always being the good girl. It's not fair on her to be the one who is constantly having to be the person who's working, be the one who's paying the bills, be the one who is the good mum, the good wife. And then he gets to quit the band that he was in and be an alcoholic and be a drug user and still gets all the praise and all the love from their son. It's not fair. And she is just broken by all of this. She tells Alan that she doesn't want to be the good girl anymore. And when Catherine kisses him, he stops her and tells her that as much as he would love to continue, that maybe now isn't the right time. She's drunk and he would feel like he's taking advantage and it's not fair on her or him. But if they want to revisit at any other time, he'd be up for that. If she wasn't drunk, he would be up for it. So now that Eddie is in the clinic, during a group session, he confesses what's been going on. And and one of the women in the group, Jackie, tells him that he's an idiot. All Eddie seems to be concerned about is what Theo thinks of him and what Theo feels for him. And it seems like he has no concern for his own son's safety. And that's why he's being so reckless, taking drugs and drinking. It's got nothing to do with Theo's well-being. It's all about Eddie and Eddie needs to fucking grow up. So after realising all of this... He calls Theo, and while he's speaking to Theo and telling him that he loves him and that his mum will keep him safe and she will look after him, Theo leaves the room, leaving both Catherine and Eddie on the line. And as Eddie tries to tell Catherine how sorry he is and, and trying to get back into her good books, she just closes the laptop and walks away. So with the pandemic just ruining everyone's fucking life, Danny and Sophie are now locked down with Gary. Darcy is away at her retreat. 
trying to get better. And it is just Sophie, Danny and Gary all together. But Gary is trying to enforce the rules that have been set out by the government that no one is to leave. And I'm not sure about what the rules were in the US at the time, but over here it was you're allowed an hour of exercise a day, etc., etc. But the rest of the time you had to be indoors unless you're an essential worker. So Gary is trying to enforce these rules at all costs, including the fact that Sophie wants to sneak out, but he isn't letting her out to go and see Jake, which is what he thinks she's wanting to do. But now that Gary has to go out and get Eddie and take him to this clinic, he tries to sneak out, but is caught in the act by Sophie, who realises that it's one rule for one and one rule for everyone else. So while he's out, Sophie manages to sneak out. And upon Gary's return, Danny tells him that he thinks that she's probably gone to Jake's. Gary calls Sophie to try and get hold of her, but he finds out that her phone is actually in the next room. He manages to get access to her iPad and looks through the text messages that she's been sent, and it seems like she has gone to Jake's. So Gary goes over there, and when he gets there, he finds that Sophie isn't there, and that her and Jake split weeks earlier. Jake also tells him that the number on the phone looks like his, because it's got his name, but when actually they look at the details... That's not his number. This prompts Gary to make the call, and he finds out that actually it's Sophie's tutor that she's been going to see. Now that Tyrell's living with Gina and Rome, we see that they're getting along well as a family. They start discussing Star Wars and Lando Calrissian, which, first of all, I love. But obviously it just shows the generation gap between them, because I'm on Gina's side where it's... Billy D. Williams all the way, but he's obviously talking about Donald Glover being the best Lando. In Solo, I fucking loved Lando. I fucking loved Donald Glover. He was amazing, and if they could have done a Lando film with him, that would have been amazing. I actually liked Solo. I know people didn't, but I thought it was pretty fun. But yeah, Donald Glover in that was pretty fucking something special. But eventually they end up talking to Catherine. And Catherine tells them that she's arranged for Alan to start looking into the immigration of Tyrell's mom to see if they can get her out of this situation that she's in. Rome, however, has gone out to look for his dad. He's found him at church, where he goes every week. But of course, due to COVID, the churches have been closed. But he's banging on the door, trying to get in because he needs to light a candle for his wife. And when Rome tries to get him away and take him home, he begins to question why Rome has lost his faith. But Rome tells him that after everything that's gone on recently, how can he feel like there's someone watching? He just feels like if anyone was out there that could help, surely they would have done it by now. He just feels lost by all of it since his mom died since his suicide attempt, even the fact that his movie's not being made, his friend died. Like, there's so much going on that he feels like someone wouldn't test them so much if they loved and cared as the almighty God is told to love and care for people. And so he feels like, of course he's lost his faith. But Walter agrees to go back with Rome, where he is going to meet Tyrell for the first time. Tyrell gets told by Alan that due to the fact that his mum used his dad's social security number to get work in the US because she didn't have one of her own is going to make things more difficult for because essentially she's committed fraud so it's not looking good for him at all and especially not good for her. 
So Gina tells Tyrell that he needs to look at this and see that the fact is this isn't going to go away anytime soon. So he needs to start thinking about what's going to happen if his mum gets deported. And finally, we'll end on my favourite, Maggie. Maggie is getting a screening, finally, after all this time. And she is planning on going back to the UK straight away. But the doctor tells her that due to the fact that she's high risk, she isn't going to be able to go. And he suggests that she's better off staying here, just in case anything happens. So once again, cancer has fucked her over again. She was living in the UK. She isn't now because of the pandemic. But because she was living in the UK, but now she isn't because of the pandemic. But also the fact that she couldn't get an appointment for her screening in the UK. So had to come back to the US. But now she can't go back to the UK because her cancer is screwing her over during the pandemic. She couldn't have the baby that she wanted. She couldn't become a mother because the cancer screwed her over. Like, it sucks. I feel so sorry for her every turn she gets shit on. Jamie also went to the screening with her. But while they're there, they seem to be really awkward with each other and try and deny that they are seeing each other. That they're just a casual thing. So when Jamie ends up getting invited out for a date by one of the nurses and goes on it, Maggie feels a little bit left out and a little bit upset by the whole thing. Because, yeah, they're not an item, but maybe they should be. But after his date, Jamie comes back and tells Maggie that he has real feelings for her, but that's not what he wants right now, and it's not fair for either of them to be the way that they're being. He cares for her a lot, but it's not what he wants right now, and it's not what she should be wanting right now. So they have a lot of figuring out to do, but he knows that he has to do it at home. So has already booked his flight back to the UK. And then Jamie heads to the airport. Okay, so like I said, I know this was going to be a long one. And I'm not going to keep you much longer. But as you can probably tell throughout this, I'm getting a little bit frustrated with the whole political issue that's coming up in this. Um, the ethical issue that's coming up in this. And the pandemic was a shitty time for everyone. And I know that the next episode is going to be including the whole issue around George Floyd. So that's going to be even rougher. And I don't want anyone who is American to feel like I'm picking on them at this point. It's just because this is an American show. People over here were just as bad with the whole, hey, you're Asian, therefore you've given us flu. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. The racial tension and the... um issues raised in the show are so true to life and so real that I can only give my personal opinion on what I feel is right and my personal opinion is that we should all just love everyone like I hate the world as it is right now I think that there's too much tension between everyone and it sucks I just rather everyone got along and everyone I'm not a bible person but everyone love thy neighbor that's all I want. So I'm sorry that throughout the episode I got a little bit ratty and a little bit sort of pissed off. But I think that blaming a young Asian child for a pandemic is fucking ridiculous. And I know that it's just a TV show, but I imagine that there were people out there that did that. It's absolutely not fair. And I think if you are spouting bullshit like that, you need to be called out on it. Now, I don't know if I'm going to lose listeners over this, but... I may do. 
And I hope I don't. I hope you understand that I'm just coming from a place of I'm wanting to see a better world. But that's it for now. Like I say, I'm doing back-to-back episodes so that I can go to Japan without having to think about this podcast too much while I'm out there. Um, thank you all for your support. Thank you for listening. And I hope you're all doing really well out there. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.